Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson and I'm joined, like always, with my brother from another mother, Corey Baumeister. How's it going, Corey B? Bad. It's bad. What's going on? Well, I woke up this morning and I went to go check your bedroom and you packed up all your stuff and you must have left. Oh, I did. I did. A week oh. with you was was enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the little brother syndrome kicking in, right? Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, I left with all of my stuff and the horrible cold you had. Well, at least you took something with to remember I me did, by. <laughs> I did take something to remember you by. So I am, I'm a little under the weather for this episode, but we have to get it out because we have not done an episode for two whole weeks. I bet everyone has forgotten us already. <laughs> if they remembered <laughs> us in the first place. Yeah, but if you have forgotten, you can find this uh, podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes. Yes. Uh, as well as leave us an awesome comment on iTunes. All right, that's enough shilling for today. Uh, I want to get to our special guest. Now, we uh, to set this up, I, I heard that there was a cool five-color Niv-Mizzet deck in in Twitch Rivals this last this week. Oh, yeah. And, and it played a card called Hero of Precinct 1. It so did. I wanted to bring in the aficionado of all things uh, hero and precinct numeric. And he is, this person is one person. So yeah, this is one person. It yep. is. So I want to introduce our special guest for the week as none other than Brian Brown doing. How's it going? BBD. Hey, it's, it's going great. Um, honestly, I never heard of this podcast. Haven't, haven't seen it on the internet, uh, <laughs> for at least a couple weeks now. I didn't realize that, that this was still a thing, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's going excellent. And you know what? Brad, I'm not just an expert on precincts. I'm a, I'm also an expert on districts too. Who are you? What tenth, what tenth, district? Tenth district. The tenth district. Ooh. Could you? Could I don't know. I don't actually know where that's at. Could you guide me there? Uh, I could. Yes, I could. I could do that. I'm also. I also like Perfect. to prowl the fourth district. Not a lot of people prowl the fourth district. But I do. <laughs> well, you are sounding quite loco right now, Brian. Oh. Am I? You are. And that brings me to the, the, the first thing we're going to talk about. Why don't you just fry me a river then, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I would have fried you a river, but, does, you know, design and development, R&D, <laughs> did not want to, you to be able to fry you a river. Did not yeah. want you to be fry your loco. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, to catch everyone up, today we're going to be talking about um, the standard bands, because, you know, that's, that's now kind of a monthly topic in magic <laughs> and, and also the Twitch rivals tournament that just took place this week. Um, right. Currently the top 32 are playing out right now as we record this, but we do have the top 32 decks that made day two. There was over almost 300 people that played in this tournament, including Brian and I, we did not make, wait, day two. wait, wait. Yeah. If they're doing the top 32 now and you're here and BBD is here. Does that mean you guys did not make it to said 32? We we did not. Oh. We, we we busted we busted hard. Oh, dang it. But I missed on tiebreakers. Did you? Yes. Oh no. Like one person at 42 made it, right? That's right. Yeah. And you still get to say that. That's still I do. <laughs> that's it's still, still value. Miss. It's still value to say that I missed on tiebreakers even though I had no chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So before we before we get all of this out, I do want to recap uh, a little bit, go down memory lane a little bit since we've been gone for two weeks and explain why we were gone, 
and also what the last two weeks of our lives were like. And it's pretty easy to explain why we were gone because we were lazy. I'm gonna. Yeah. I have to. I'm gonna interrupt for one second. One thing we forgot to talk about: the pioneer bands. Oh, oh, we did forget. We should bring up the pioneer bands there, but there weren't any this week, though, right? That's right. All right, continue with what you were saying. Yeah. Perfect. Now, perfect. Their service at Olive Garden this week was great, so nothing got the axe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, to catch everyone up, the last couple of weeks, um, we've all been traveling. We all went to Mythic Championship Six in Richmond where we all did horrible and we don't need to talk about it <laughs> uh, at all. We don't need to bring up anything about that tournament. Yeah. I mean, if you look at after round nine standings, you would definitely think at least one of us was killing it. Yeah, it was fine. I said four. nothing. I said, we didn't need to talk about anything, bro. Oh, oh I, I thought that was just you trying to fish me into talking about it. Uh, sorry. I read the room wrong. My bad. Continue. Yeah. No, no. You read it right. And you still chose to do that. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we went there and then Brian went back home to Seattle where Corey and I ventured on to Roanoke for the SCG Invitational. Now, why didn't you come to that, Brian? Brian. I wasn't qualified. Oh, burn. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't play any of the events to qualify me. Oh, you did That's play one. That's not true. I you played play one. one. <laughs> I played you exactly play one, one and we yeah. lost playing for top eight, which would have qualified me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'll happen when Shaheen Sarani insists on playing control where it's bad, right? Well, we did beat Corey Baumeister's team in that tournament. So. But did I that lose to Shaheen Sarani? Of course not. Of, of course, course not. You not. Would <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to spot you one. Yeah, we, yeah. We, fig we figured, like, that. see, that's your own mistake, though. Yeah. You, will, you put yourself in the same seat as Shaheen. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that, that was going to be our free win anyways. I really should have... Uh, Tried to take down you or Pete. But exactly. let's, let's get real. I've never beat you since, you know, like the day I was born. And Pete, I can't beat, I can't play Legacy. So I was at home. I want to hear more about the time you beat him on the day you were born. I knew you were going to yeah. go with that. <laughs> can't you just let me say something weird and just pass by it one time on this podcast? So now that we're in season three of the Bash Bros podcast, <laughs> it's time for the special twist where we find out flashback Corey was born in the streets of bangkok yeah and he did beat me the day he was born yes in our child fighting ring and yeah. now you've come back to 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 sabotage me and my brother's podcast one episode right, is, at a time if, if, if this is season three and we're getting all like meta like a lot of the other shows uh i, I think we're gonna lose our viewership so let's let's go back to the heart of why people started listening to the batch rose podcast in the first place yes the heinous Yes, more heinous. <laughs> um, no, so we went alongside Martin Mueller, who actually grinded in on the last chance qualifiers, but we had a fun week. I had to play my split, which kind of sucked because I kind of wanted to hang out with, you know, Martin and Corey and have fun for the week and take a week off of Magic, but instead I had to play in the splits. But luckily I did go 5-2, which sets me up nicely. I, I, I have a a really high chance of making the MPL for, for next season. So Woo! that's, that's pretty good for me going five and two. Yes. Congrats, um, and bro. I finished off the, the MPL league play. Now, no one knows how this works because no one's watching it, <laughs> but let's just boil it down to, we play 21 matches against other people in the MPL for points and combined total. I went 15 and six, which is pretty damn good. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Not bad. Hey, I watched it one week though. I got to tell you. Was it the week that you did coverage? It was, yes, yes. 
Wow, this is for for all you kids at home listening. This is yes, exactly biting the hand that feeds. <laughs> I gotta say though that you're wrong. It wasn't nobody that was watching. There were thousands of us. Thousands. There were thousands. Thousands, thousands of us. Yeah. But yeah, so we played in the Invitational, and Brian, you actually did coverage for the first time. Can you tell us more about what it's like to hang out with Brian Kibler? <laughs> yeah, please tell me. It's actually really cool. Um, Brad, I bad news. Um, oh, I'm I'm skipping town. Actually, yeah. Oh, you're skipping town? Yeah, I'm I'm moving. You're moving in with oh, the Kibs? Not in with the Kibs, just near the Kibs. Oh, you just want to be closer by him? Yeah, I realize that he's just way cooler than any of us could hope to be. So I'm just gonna get Is- the hell out of here and. Yeah. No yeah more oh, it is true. I love making jokes that make him laugh, and it just makes me feel happy. When I make you two laugh or our audience laugh, whatever, it doesn't really feel, you know, it doesn't warm the soul. But yeah. whenever I, I can make Brian Kibler laugh. <laughs> I was in Richmond, and I was just eating at a secret sandwich society, minding my own business, and then Dreamboat Kibler comes up and has lunch with me. And let me tell you, I didn't even play the rest of the tournament. That's why I did bad. I was still live for top eight. I was just like, yep, my weekend could not get any better. So let's go. Wait, you were still live for top eight, so it was round three? No, round four, actually. I won okay. one. Oh, all right, yeah. We were okay. on the lunch break, BBD. <laughs> Give me some credit. All right, I'll, I'll let you guys in. So I was at a, I was at a Twitch party, um, a Twitch holiday party at the- An online party? No, it was in real life. Oh. And and uh, you could only get in based on how many followers you have. So thank you, everyone listening that also follows me on Twitch. That helped me get in, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and um, and I, I saw Kibler upstairs. And I'm like, oh, Kibler, long time. I haven't seen you in a while. He's like, hey, cool, Brad. How have you been? I'm like, good. Let me go buy you a drink. And he's like, are the drinks here free? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so we play in the Envy. The Envy starts a lot like the Mythic Championship for me, where at one point I was 10-2, and two, and then at another point I was not even close to top 80. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and this time around, though, I mean, both times I think that the Constructor deck could have been better, but this time around I went with the trusty old Lotus box, and their, their Snake, um, Hardened Scales, Counters deck in Pioneer, I don't know what it's called, um, was awesome. But whatever they did to their Urza deck left me uh, not satisfied. <laughs> so so they tested Pioneer a lot. They had a great deck, but whatever that amalgamation was of uh, of a strategy, that, that one was weird. But yeah. I did get to turn one Oko against an Amulet Titan deck, and that was pretty fun. That seems pretty broco. They should ban that, that was card, Broco. probably. They should ban that card. <laughs> but anyway, we had fun. We had, we went to the uh, the after party, had a good time, and then I set sail, went back to Seattle, got connected with Brian. We played in Twitch Rivals, and we did terribly. Yeah, and Whoa, I cried myself yourself. to sleep. I went four and two, man. Four and two. <laughs> yeah, Missed I guess, on yeah. tiebreakers. Brad, that could okay, have been I you. I did terribly. Brad, that could have been you. You could have 3 out and missed on tiebreakers, man. That's true. I could have won 3-0, but I, I dropped at 1-2 because I was horribly sick, and I still am. And this is the most talking I've done, so this this we'll, we'll see if I can make it through an entire podcast, truth be told, because I'm already starting to feel the, the itchies. Uh, I, woke up, I, I woke up today feeling sick, and I blame you. You blame me? Yes. Well, I mean, I'm sorry 
that I spit in all your drinks yesterday, but I I could not do that. Yeah, Brad, I got to say something real quick. Sorry to interrupt, but you know, you making it through the podcast, like if if you can do it, our audience feels the same. They just start this podcast (laughs) thinking like, can I make it through this? (laughs) So you have something in common with our audience now. All right. Well, we are about to hit the 15 minute mark. So let's, uh, let's take it seriously now. Super serious. All right. So there was a standard band this week. Um, I suggested in an article last week that I would like to see Veil of Summer and just Veil of Summer and Gilded Goose being banned because I think Gilded Goose is kind of uh, a mistake. Of course, Oko is too powerful, but the fact that a one-man accelerant that even if you kill it, leaves something useful behind is just kind of broken. Like, yes, Thraben Inspector makes a clue, but that clue (laughs) couldn't turn into an elk or protect your Gideon. Like, like these food tokens can for Wicked Wolf and Oko. So I, I actually want to see what Oko looked like, but I'm fine with the ban. I felt like they were forced to do it. The Once Upon a Time ban kind of got me, though. That one kind of surprised me. I'm just, hap- I'm just happy the deck got killed because, honestly, I was thoroughly unenjoying Standard, and, and that never happens. Even when it was like Teamer Energy Mirrors and stuff like that, I loved it. But now, I mean, this last Standard was so bad, I didn't even want to play it. But I've just been having so much fun since the ban. I, I want a hot take for a second here and say that I want them to just unprint all of 2019. <laughs> I'm not even jo- oh. I'm not even joking. This is the least fun I've had playing Magic ever, oh, ever. Dude, dude, I, I don't Across even think all that. Across all formats, I am not enjoying myself playing Magic in any format. I, I just don't want to play Magic anymore. Like, I really don't. I'm doing it because I have to. Not I mean, I don't have to, but I'm doing it because it's my job. But it's like, I, I just, I, I really am not enjoying playing any format of magic right now and it's it's like all these cards just suck the fun out of the game like 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 for example i mean it's it's we're months past it now but like i think narset should never have been printed like that card it just sucks the fun out of magic karn the great creator sucks the fun out of magic um veil of summer oko all these cards i don't know yeah i'm with you dog i i have a theory about that like i completely agree with you 2019 Magic has been awkward to say the least. And I have not enjoyed it that much either. It, it, you know how like every year previously, I've always like, I've been playing on the pro tour for 10 years now. And almost every year it was designed that like these pro tours would kind of show off the, the new set and show you what you could play. And worlds would always throw a kink into that. Cause there's five majors in the year, you know, the four pro tours in the worlds. And sometimes that tournament would be a little stale because it was too late or that would push one of the pro tours to be later, whatever. Four events were to hype the sets and all of 2019, there's been way more for way more tournaments. And also every time you go to one of these majors, they literally are just, oh, look at the broken thing that we all have to deal with and main deck crap just to try to compete with it. And then it gets banned the week later. Yeah. And then nobody plays the Pro Tour decks because they are now gone. So it's They're like, literally yeah, illegal. Yeah, so so that makes the Mythic Championships a lot harder to watch. But, you know, I got a lot of hope for this uh, arena one that you two are going to be a part of here uh, at the end of the month. I think this is going to be great. I mean, yeah, I mean, we only have a week to literally build decks. So that's the best thing is there's going to be some loose gooses, and hopefully we're not the, those playing the loose <laughs> gooses. But that's just right. Like, we only have a week to build decks. The problem with that, though, bro, is we don't start playing until a week after that. So by the time, like, the the format has 
three weeks to evolve. Yeah. But we only get half of that time to register. So if a lot more of the format evolves past that, then we're just playing a bunch of outdated decks. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, what usually happens is <clears throat> they release the deck list that you guys submit. Everybody plays with them and they're like, oh, sick, these decks are awesome. I love what Ken did or blah, 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 whatever. And then people adjust to those decks. And then by the time the Pro Tour comes, they're playing those decks when people have already adjusted to them and leveled above them. Yeah, that's why it's going to be, you know, a little... That's why the registering early kind of i i don't like how early we have to register but that's 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 for another day yeah um i want to get back to one thing that i heard that i never thought about i think kibler brought it up kibler so dreamy oh can this be Uh, just a kibler podcast from now on yeah (laughs) yeah maybe we need to get a better special guest (laughs) or a better host either one of us will be either one of us will be replaced by kibler and we'll have a way better podcast yeah, I just want to get back to something well, that Brian you guys, said. You guys have a special guest every week, so yeah, you could just have a better special guest next week. It's not a bit, not that hard, you know. I'm just saying. You're that a great is true. Each guest. week is a new special guest, so you have so many opportunities to have a better special guest. That's that is true. true. We, we'll just have to try harder next week. I mean, so many Brian's in the world, and so little time. Yes. <laughs> but to bring to bring this up to to bring it back to 2019 Magic, I. I I had my own, like, tinfoil hat theories that, like, they wanted to push 2019 in all facets. They wanted the cards to be good and bought and, they, you know, the arena push to where they just wanted everything to look awesome for 2019. But actually, like, the, the, the more plausible explanation is play design is just overworked with all the sets that they've been releasing. Yeah. Because this year they're releasing all the normal sets, but also they've been releasing all these Modern Horizons and master sets and all of this stuff and, and that new like formats and pioneer yeah new and formats yeah. pioneer they had to figure out and so they're probably stretched very thin and when you miss the dials like brian you brought this up the other day if you miss the dials on a six mana planeswalker it's not going to be that impactful because three mana and two mana answers still exist but like if I you th- miss the dials on a three mana planeswalker it <laughs> ruins everything yeah yeah like i think they missed the dials on uh, so for a couple examples, they missed the dials on Teferi Hero of Dominaria, and they missed the dials on Nissa who shakes the world. And while both of those cards have been powerful in standard, like there's been counterplay to them, and they haven't always been the best thing that you can do in the format, you know, like yep. and people have adapted to them and you know, all that kind of stuff, but like when you miss the dial on Oko, it's like what can you do? Like my opponent goes goose into Oko on the play, and I'm like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll play my three my two drop, and it 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 trades with an elk. I mean, impressive that my two drop was able to trade with a three three, but <laughs> less impressive when you consider the you know yeah context. Yeah. Right. Or or that's like the best case scenario. Sometimes they just make another food and wicked wolf it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, I, I agree completely with you. Even like we've seen the trend of like you know Gideon. Ally of Zendikar was a little, was very pushed, and that card dominated the format, but it cost four mana, so it was, like, a little easier to deal with, or, you know, but, like, the cheaper the cost and the more pushed, the more it just dominates a format, and we've seen that with Jace, the Mind Sculptor, Gideon, Oko. I got a hot take here, and I'm not usually the hot take guy here, but I just think Planeswalkers in general should never cost less than four mana. I just think that should be one of the things for Planeswalkers. I mean, even look at Renin Six in Legacy just got the ban. It's like, you know, I mean, eventually shells are going to be built around these really cheap Planeswalkers, and it's going to make 
the curves just too busted in these decks. Well, but red and red and six is just straight bullshit anyway. It's not yeah. even flavorful. Yeah. What yeah. are those abilities? They're just like the three spikiest abilities you could put on a planeswalker. Yeah. Red red and six is just egregious. Like there's no <clears throat> I can understand them missing the mark on Oko or whatever. Like they just they didn't realize how powerful it was gonna be. Yeah. Um, but at least Oko has like you know, interesting abilities. Yeah, like, yes, I think the Elk ability is, like, pretty bad because it, it, it like, invalidates the text box on so many other cards, but yeah. overall, Oko has interesting abilities. But, like, Ren and Six is just egregious. It costs two mana. It's incredibly powerful. The abilities are not interesting at all. Like, mm-hmm. come on. That that card is just literally a cash grab, and it's 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 so bad. Like, yeah. There's no there's no justification for printing a card like that. What do you guys think about just planeswalkers literally not able to cast to to cost three or less? Like it, it would that be bad? Would that be good? I think they can print three mana planeswalkers and have them and be fine. There's there's tons of there's tons of examples of them. Sure. I think magic would probably be better if they just never did it, but yeah. I don't think it's like a thing where like they should like I don't think it's like a thing where it should just be a hard and fast rule, but like at the same time Let's go back to Planeswalkers being niche niche playables, yes. rather. Like, Well, I, I completely agree with you on all this. Oko is disgusting, but also it's... The problem with this format was Veil of Summer. Veil of Summer just invalidated any way you interact with Oko. Yeah, but even if Veil wasn't legal... <coughs> even, if, even if they never printed Veil, Oko would still dom- be dominant. I agree. Well, you'd at least have, like, over-redundant based, like, black-green adventure decks beat the crap out of these decks except they couldn't beat Veil. And you would have like but then, a but then you would just adju- you would just adjust to it the same way we did with like Ethereal Absolution or whatever. Like Sure, yeah. I, I, I think that <clears throat> I, I think the Veil was part of the problem for sure. Like I, I but it's the the thing is is that these decks in green in general was just so obscenely dominant that it's no one card. Like even if they just banned Oko and that was it, green would still be the dominant deck. Like they had, I thought they should ban four cards, and I thought if they banned two cards, it would not be enough. I was happy to see that they banned three cards because I think that's that was a fine amount. Mm-hmm. But I think if they banned less than three cards, green would still just be the dominant deck. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And I mean, honestly, Veil if, if Veil didn't exist, going back to your point, Brad, at least you would see people that would try to, you know, play mass manipulation to go over the top, and then you could have decks that are trying to go under those. Like, it would be better, but I'm with you. I, I would have even liked to see Nissa go as well and just say Green has to take a step back because it was just so dominant for a full year. Well, it, it's, 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 it's awkward to say that Green has to take a step back because, like, if you looked at World's results literally... 13 months ago, there wasn't a green card register. I thought Matt Nass played green. What What did Matt Nass play? Turbo Fog. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But I, I'm with your I'm with your point. Yeah, I I, I disagree with Corey there. I don't think that green like I don't I don't see this as like a punishing green kind of thing where it needs to take a step back and suddenly be unplayable. Yeah. I just want it to be balanced with the rest of the format. <laughs> green, you sit in the corner and you think about yeah. what you did. All I picture is just BBD in the corner, but over his face is just the green mana symbol just looking at a wall. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so so now that we got those bands out of the way, no pioneer bands. Pioneer seems pretty healthy. I had fun playing the Constrictor deck, and now I Same. own it. So, like, like I'll probably uh, keep that sleeved up, hopefully. I might, I might even get it on Magic Online, maybe even stream it. I, I actually really enjoyed playing that deck. I oh. mean, it, it played Hardened Skills and Winding Constrictor, two cards 
that I've played in Grand Prix when I shouldn't have and still did well <laughs> with them. How am I not supposed to play it in 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 Pioneer? Brad, I have good news for you for Magic Online. If you want to buy that deck, though. Oh, I've I I know this news. Do you have an extra seven hundred dollars lying around? Because that's all you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, anyone that kept kept you know buying all the cards on on Magic Online when they're dirt cheap. Yeah, is, is pretty happy right now because Pioneer definitely gave that that uh, that program a shot in the arm. Yeah. But it just shows how fun Pioneer is with the prices being this high. It's because the format is that good, that fun. You know, we really needed an in-between from Standard and Modern. Modern is just broken, uh, and Standard is just, you know, sometimes one-dimensional. Oh, you sweet much. summer child. Pioneer will stop being fun at some point. <laughs> I, already th- I already think Pioneer is not fun. And hot take, I think that... Uh... I think that the elves are too good for Pioneer. Oh, they're way yeah, too good. Yeah. Once upon a time in elves and eight elves is just, it is, it is too good. People always give me crap when I say that like mana elves are too good for standard. They're like, but birds of paradise has always existed in standard and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. And people, and they weren't printing rogue refiner and Oko in 2010, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the yeah. format, like things are not the same in magic anymore. The threats are now so obscene and they all win the game by themselves. Yeah. And and they all must be answered immediately or you you will lose that like <clears throat> mana elves have just become too good for magic because threats are so absurd. And I, I just think in Pioneer, the threats like we've uh, yeah, like somebody somebody mentioned this, but it's like Pioneer is seven years of sets where the threats were so much better than the answers. Um, that's just because that's just modern design philosophy where they just make up scene threats and they don't provide us with relevant answers to Car- relevant cards to answer those threats and so pioneer is just seven years of that and the mana elves are just so absurd in that format because of it i i, I personally i i have not enjoyed pioneer because of like lanawar elves and elvish mystic and even gilded goose is insane in pioneer too but I, outside of those cards like in whenever i play matchups where those cards aren't a major factor in it or like somebody doesn't have one in turn one i, I do find it to be kind of fun but games where like you know, someone just plays a turn two Oko or something in Pioneer. It's it's the same as it is in Standard. You're like, you're looking at these cards in your hand. You're like, all right, I have a three mana card that can kill a creature. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but I mean, there is like, you know, Blue Red Phoenix and like Mono Black Prey on Elves. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I think there is ways to balance it. But I'm with you. When you just go and you lose to uh, turn three Nissa and Pioneer or whatever, it, it, it's not that great. But I, mean, I enjoy the just- format. Yeah, it's just that, like, elves also just take up all the design space. Like, if you're playing a green deck and you're not ramping in some way because the uh, all the ramp exists, then your deck is always going to be worse. Yeah. And and so, like, because there's just this, like, shell of 12 cards that you literally... It's the beginner's toolbox to a green deck. And I, I don't know. It, that 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 make that makes it like it'll lose fun. But I do like putting counters on everything. Um, so I, I do like, like that too. I do enjoy yeah. doing that as well. That's Bring fine. your dice, uh, folks. Pioneers is chock full of them. Oh yeah, and and you know, uh, walking ballista, making walking ballista giant. It, it it does soothe my soul. I do love it. <laughs> um, but let's actually move back to standard and actually talk about this because we have thirty two decks that top uh, thirty two, and they'll be playing single elimination today. Uh, when this comes out, obviously this was the tournament was yesterday, but they're going to be playing single elimination against each other until there's a champion. And to me personally, single elimination is going to like 
be one of the biggest stand, standouts for survivorship bias. Like whoever wins the Twitch Rivals is going to be what everyone plays. But you can't really look at these top 32 decks that way. Like they all did really well. But, you know, you just draw poorly one time. We're not going to see like one of the better decks. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So we should like go through this um, and and actually try to get as much uh, information out of it as possible. And I'm going to start with the one. The, yeah. I think the biggest indicator of looking at this top 32 is that the second most played deck was Teamer Reclamation, and only one person made day two with it. And, and it was Seth Manfield. Yeah, and it, and was, it was Seth just, Manfield. Yeah, and and that's not to say that there were bad players playing it. Like this was the deck that Reed played, Huey played. I played it. You played. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just want to say that I was right. I just I want to say that I was right. So I wrote in my last article about how about how everyone all like pros always latch on to decks like Blue Eye Control and Modern and Team Reclamation, and it's never good. They are never good. And then Brad. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't let me into this. I literally just asked Seth what he's playing, and I'm going to copy him. I'm not. I'm not trying to dagger you here, but I'm just saying that <laughs> when you said you were playing Team Reclamation, I was like, "All right, well, it's going to be bad." <laughs> and then oh, it yeah. was. So. Well, to be to be fair, when people are like looking at this format, they're like, "Okay, which cards are now better now that Oko's gone?" And like a lot of the Teferi decks got a lot better. So I, I mean, Team of Reclamation, I think you know, uh, was already at a decent place, but Teferi was going to pop up a lot more. And you see all these Jeskai Fires lists. And I, I just think trying to fight against that card with Reclamation just feels so bad. I think that's wrong. I actually think that Team of Reclamation is extremely favored against Jeskai Fires. You think so? Because, yeah, you have a ton of counter magic and you have these, like, you have the Brazen Borrowers and the 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 4-3, whatever, the the Giant. The yeah. Bone Crusher Giants to like help disrupt that card, and you you play <laughs> your seventy five plays for Mystical Disputes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a good player just plays to ferry and ticks up until the end of time, and just I never gives on, you a chance. But I just think on paper, yeah, I, I think on paper, Team Reclamation is always feels favored against everything, but in practice, it just sucks versus the field. Oh no, I think I think the deck is actually bad against aggressive strategies. Anything that gets on the board fast, but I think. I think the deck is favored against Jeskai Fires, but we don't need to to worry about team reclamation. I'm cool with just shitting on the deck and saying I'm not going to work on it. <laughs> I'm not even trying to like. Seven. I'm not even trying to like shit on it in like a in like a rude way. Like I know people like the deck or whatever, but I'm just saying that it just it never performs well. Like you look at the you look at the history for all these tournaments, and it just all it always has a bad win rate, and it never does well. Like I, yeah. I it's just there. It's just a deck where you're you. Anytime you just have a bunch of like. Just stop playing reactive magic is what I'm trying to say. When 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 Watsi is going to give you insane proactive cards like like these like fires of invention and all these other cards in a format, do not play reactive magic. It's just <laughs> it doesn't work. Team of Reclamation is reactive magic. I mean, it has a combo finish, but it, at its core, it's a control deck. I, I just it's just a it's just a philosophy of magic to just not play. Like it's just, it's the same reason why control decks are bad in modern. It's actually exactly the same reason. When the threats are so good, you can't play reactive magic. Yeah, and 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 if you look at all the other decks, they're all proactive except for like a few control based decks, Azurius and Esper. Yeah, there's two control decks in <coughs> there's two control decks in the entire. Well, if three, if you want to count Seth playing um, Reclamation, but there's three control decks out of 32 decks. So yeah, you know that that. Take that how you will. Yeah. 
All right, yeah, so then, let's, uh, shall we start going through them? Yeah, sure. Let's just start off with uh, Zvi Mausowicz, who played Just Guy Fires. Now, if you want to find these deck lists at home to go along with us, you can do so. We're just looking at them all cataloged on mtggoldfish.com slash, slash uh, tournament slash twitch dash rivals dash throne dash of dash Eldrain hashtag paper. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you need us to repeat that, too bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the big change that Zvi did is, you know, um, we saw Gregor Skowalski going into Mythic Championship 5 talking about playing, um, or no, 6, sorry, excuse me, <coughs> 6, playing Jeskai um, Fires with a Sphinx of Foresight, and now Zvi's got a whole set of them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how uh, how that card would play out, but I mean, I also saw Show playing it. So there's got to be some uh, some value to it. No, I think I, I I think this deck is really well constructed. So I want to talk like there's varieties of the fires decks that you can play. There are the planeswalker versions that are across both Jeskai and Grixis, and then there's this Cavalier version, which is basically Jeskai only. And I, I think the Cavalier version is is just miles beyond the planeswalker versions yeah. i think it's really it's really easy to exploit the planeswalker versions cards like the elder spell cards like questing beast and so on really exploit that deck but the cavalier version is way harder to exploit because it, it's relying on fat creatures and ones that dodge like noxious grasp or fry or you know like like you can fry the blue cards but you can't fry cavalier mm-hmm. and they and it has like a combo kill potential where you go Cavalier Flame, um, give everything haste and kill you, or you go Kenrith, give everything haste and kill you. Yep. And with with a fires in play, you have all your mana available to spend on these cards. So yeah, I, I think this deck is is really impressive, and I think the way that that Zv has his built is like the way you should go because he's maximizing on the cheap cards. Instead of playing like a million drawn from dreams or random cards that are only good when you have fires, yeah. he's playing, he's maximizing on shimmer. Like, well, he only has three shimmers, but he's maximizing on early cards like Shimmer of Possibility and Sphinx of Foresight that get you to the fires so that you can then win rather than trying to like have more things to do when you have fires. You're already winning when you have fires most of the time. Yeah. And I think the thing that I liked about the list the most. Is if we look at the sideboard, uh, Zvi is playing four Mystical Disputes. Anytime I played uh, this uh, Jeskai Fires list, I just felt so disadvantaged against the Flash decks because if they just counter my Fires of Invention, like, okay, that's my whole turn. But I mean, if you can have five mana and go Fires with a Dispute backup, like, that feels a lot better. And I just think Mystical Dispute is a phenomenal card right now, especially at dealing with, like, Teferi, uh, dealing with Thought Erasure on the draw. On turn one, I, I think Mystical Dispute is going to be a stock four of in blue sideboards moving forward. I mean, it it costs it it it's a it's a counter spell that costs one mana. Yeah, like it, it it's just it's really a pow- absurdly powerful card on rate. So I, I completely agree with you. Like, I, I'm I'm always a fan of putting the most powerful effects in your sideboards. And it, when they cost one mana, like that's that's just like it's like Veil of Summer. It's like playing four yeah. Veil of Summer. Wait, wait, like, wait, 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 BBD. I gotta stop you there. Did you say you only like having powerful cards in your sideboards? 
<laughs> Didn't you have a squire in your sideboard at one point? Oh, stop. <laughs> so, like, People I can s- change. People can Whoa, change. Whoa, change. Ch- change? What are you talking about? Squire <laughs> is the most powerful effect at its cost. Come on. All right, so you actually played the next deck we're going to go to, which is Jun Sacrifice, yep. um, in the event itself. Now, I, I don't did. know if your list looked similar to this one. Um. Okay, so I'm looking at uh, Matthias... I'm not going to pronounce that last names. That's uh, why I skipped the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking at at that John Sacrifice list. It was one of the 6-0 lists. And uh, it actually looks very similar to the version that I played. Um, I also played 24 lands and f- 4 Trail of Crumbs. I saw a lot of lists with less than 4 Trail of Crumbs, but I believe that to be a catastrophic error. Uh, but yeah, honestly, this list looks like quite similar to to what i played i think the main difference is that uh there's no there uh the only difference between our list is i played the three two um midnight reaper and sure uh, matthias is not playing midnight reaper and instead is playing massacre girls and wicked wolves and a wick and a wicked wolf um but other than that other than that our list is is almost card for card and i i think that this deck is um pretty strong it's really good against people trying to grind you out mm-hmm. however it's bad against people who are trying to go over to the top of you which there's a lot of decks trying to do that right now team reclamation just guy fires the uh, cavalier version both are go over the top of you decks where you know your cauldron familiar engine is really good at grinding people out but not when kenrith gives trample and they deal you 25 damage in one turn yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> so like, i, think- I- Go ahead, sir. I think this deck, like, destroys, like, green-black adventures um, and, you know, those kind of fair decks. But anything that's even, like, trying to ramp, like, I I think one of my favorite decks is a blue-green elemental ramp with, like, Risen Reef and stuff. And, well, you can kill that with Mayhem Devil. It still ramps and goes over the top, and that that seems to be kind of easy to beat. Um, Yeah. So I'm not sure I, I I totally agree with that because even a deck like that I I don't know if that deck's going over the top quite in the same way. Sure. Um, like like Team Reclamation and Just Sky Fires both just kill you when they go over the top. Yeah. Whereas that deck is kind of going over the top in a more grindy fashion, where it's, it's just more generating advantages, uh, less killing you. And I I think that this Jun Sacrifice deck deals a very surprisingly high amount of damage once it starts going off, like. I had a I had a number of turns in the in the event where I my opponent <laughs> was at like 15 life and then I had just been accumulating some trail of crumb advantage over some <laughs> turns but I didn't have like that bad of a board I had like a witch's oven and a cat and that was about it and then I just begin a turn and go like devil devil play a fabled passage play a second witch's oven and just boom suddenly they they just die that turn yeah. so I I, I don't. Similar to how the sacrifice decks in last format could go go toe to toe with uh, Nissa Hydroid Crisis shenanigans, I don't think that um, this deck is, is necessarily that bad there. But yeah, it I would never play this deck again as long as like Just Sky Fires and Team of Reclamation are still at the top. So makes sense to me. It does look pretty fun. Now we had uh, Aaron Barich also go six zero with shocking mono red that plays shock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With shocking and bone crushing, yeah, 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 just just a very generic mono red deck. Uh, Aaron plays these decks a lot, but 
maybe this, you know, no, not many people registered Mono Red, um, but maybe these decks are getting better in this format mm-hmm. because, you know, they arguably they 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 had a slightly favorable matchup against um, the Field of the Dead decks, the uh, what Golo Golos. strategies, but they were got embarrassed when they got matched up against any Oko Simic deck. Yeah. Did they get embarrassed or did they get embarrassed? They got embarrassed. Nice, okay. nice. Um, but so now that those strategies are gone and the format, this seems like a pretty good week one. I, can we call this week one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think we can call this week one standard. Yeah, I think we can. No, do we call it like week one point three? Week it's, one it's, asterisk. I think it's. I think it's like week. It's like it's like week three point one. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it seems it seems great. But I don't really have much to say about it. Like, yeah, it's mono red. Same. I I don't really I, know. Yeah, I think it's going to get worse, you know, once uh, people start honing in on specific decks. But it's it's a really good list to just be like, people are going to screw around. People are going to try decks that, you know, they think are fun, they think are good, and this is going to punish them. Now, for our next deck, played by Fernandu. Nailed it. Uh, this is, if, if, you've, if you have a Twitter account and you follow Magic players, then you probably have come across a Willy Idol tweet recently yeah claiming this is the best deck in standard mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it did go 6-0 and i was considering just taking in out buying in on that hype and playing it yesterday i almost played this deck as well actually it was one of the it was one of my short list choices to play yeah i i, I wish i did because it seems way easier to pilot than team of reclamation <laughs> um ember but, cleave them let's go yeah you just cleave them you got rotting regisaur i don't know if osaur knight is still better than the demon, maybe it is. Um, um you know, I that's the weird thing. Spawn of mayhem, Spawn of mayhem yeah. Yeah. Spawn of mayhem. There's, there's, yeah. there's another demon too, and that one's really bad. <laughs> yeah. So Spawn of Mayhem, you know, like the reason we didn't see that card in Rotting Regisaur forever is because they were, you know, weak to elk. Yeah. And or wolf. they're weak to Oko and or to Wolf. But now that that, you know, those are effectively gone. Um, I would think that Spawn would come back, but I guess maybe Osworn Knight is still just maybe a placeholder from the previous builds wanting to keep playing it, or it's just that good with these cards. Who knows? I like Spawn, though, too, because like even with Stormfrist Crusader, you just don't even need to connect with it. Although that card is pretty good at connecting if you untap with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the idea of these decks. I think that Embercleave strategies are still going to be very powerful in this format because the card is just so good. One thing I want to touch on is that uh, Castle Lockthwain is in 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 an absurdly powerful magic card to the point where it's kind of like a large part of the reason why Mono Black's one of the best decks in Pioneer, if not the best deck. And I think that we are going to see a lot of Castle Lockthwain Black aggressive decks over the next year. And the only reason that we didn't see them before is because of a Veil of Summer. But I, I think that uh, I think that this is like the most powerful black has been in standard since mono black devotion was a thing, and maybe even more powerful than mono black was than black was during mono black devotions. Wow, era. that is that is a that is a strong <laughs> statement. That's it when is. I quit playing Magic because mono black and bl- mono blue devotion. I just hated it so much that that was my most hated standard before this last Oko. I love that format. I want to yeah, say you did that well, I. Ha- though. 
I, I also did well in that format. I want to say for what it's worth that I didn't like it at the time, but in in hindsight, it's looking so great. <laughs> it just looks. I'm just like, what a beautiful format that was. There were three decks. <laughs> three I, decks. I, I, oh yeah, Brian. I, I retweeted. I retweeted myself for like the first time in ever the other day because of that. So we have a friend, Eric, and Eric uh, gave me a good idea for a meme, which was just uh, the the Simpsons like Homer and Bart and Bart's like, this is the worst day of my life. And, and Homer comes in. He's like, this is the worst day of your life. So far. So far. What are you talking about? I, I had that meme and you, you stole it from me. You told me. I thought Eric gonna... did. No, I didn't. I was like, I'm going to post this. You're like, no, I'm posting. And I was like, all right, fine. Oh, okay. I didn't know you. I thought Eric made it. Um, wow. Our names change so frequently. I guess I got it confused, but, um, but I retweeted that because we post, I posted that before the Golos ban. And since the Golos ban, I honestly believe that from Golo, from Phil of the Dead ban to now until Oko got banned was maybe the worst period of standard I've ever experienced. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was so bad. It wasn't good. Because, like, it wasn't just a one-deck format. It was, like, all the variants. But they all, so many games played out identical. Tournament series were changing the way they run tournaments. Based on a standard format. Yeah, that's true. Everyone switched to the formats. Yeah, they're like, we got to do Burn something. Burn it down and play another format. <laughs> exactly. All right, so now we've got an Azurius control deck from Rob AJG. Um, anyone got a comment on this? These, I think these decks look way worse than they play out, but man, they look bad. Yeah. Yeah, these decks look hor- hor- horribly bad, but I, I agree they do play a little bit better than they look. I I, I do I want to say that I think Gadwick is a really strong card. Yeah. Which I, I know that um what's his name? Austin Bursevich, who top eight of the last Pro Tour. He's also playing Gad- a Gadwick deck in this tournament and he was raving about it on Twitter. But Oh, he beat me badly. Yeah. He, I, I drew poorly, but he still beat me badly. Oh, he yeah. he mentioned that, yeah. Um Did he? <laughs> oh, he did, yeah. <laughs> what did he say? He's like Brad's like the worst player I've ever played against. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. He just I, said that he he, he like he, he hit Gadwick put you in a really rough spot, basically. Oh sure, yeah. But yeah, I, I think I I do think that that card is 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 really good, and um, it, you know it's just a one of in this deck, but I I I'm kind of interested in trying to make that card work in this format. So you're a wizard. You're a wizard, Dizzle. The wizard and. But I'm also, but it's that's other creature type is human, and we both know that I'm not human. That's true. That's true. All right, let's go on to Esper Control by Sir Zitz. This is a, hey, this guy uh, is frequent to my streams. All right, so Golgari Adventures is the next now. <laughs> <laughs> Esper Control. What do you guys think about this? Is it back? I think this list looks very similar to. Uh, what uh, Andrea Mangucci was streaming? Yeah, yeah, it does. It looks it looks similar to what he was playing. I think he played in this tournament. Yeah, <laughs> and I think he went deep, but he might have uh, lost the last round not to make day two. Yeah, it looks pretty similar to or as as, as you should say, missed out on breakers. Oh, Actually, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he scrubbed out. If I'm completely honest, but I could oh really? I, I could be wrong. I could entirely be wrong. Yeah, I think at one point he was three one. Hmm. Yep. I think of Noteworthy, this card has zero new cards from uh, Throne except Murderous Rider. This is just a old standard Esper deck and Fabled Passage. Excuse me, the lands have a couple things, but 
But do they fight for us? The lands? No. You guys don't play with sounds on it, do you? No. No, I do. I I know the sound. Okay. I, I just was just not going to give it to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to myself then. Great joke, Brian. You did it, buddy. <laughs> Great joke. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about this deck because, yeah, like you said, it's just an old it's an old deck. Yeah. Um, certainly, it 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 was unplayably bad before. Uh, but maybe maybe it's fine now. I would I would guess not playing any cards from Throne of Eldraine. It's is probably a, like slightly underpowered, but yeah, that's it. Could you know who knows? Maybe 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 I'm wrong about that. Okay, I I, I definitely think that Throne of Eldraine is is such a good powerful set that you know we should, should adopt some cards, of them. Yeah, yeah. So now we've got three. Now we're gonna go through a chunk of five one decks, and we're not gonna hit each single list. Yeah, just mostly we're gonna talk about the archetypes. Now Matt Ness, Mike Sigurds, mm-hmm. and Trask. All had slightly varying um, Golgari Adventure decks. Um, you know, Mike Sigris played uh, Quest and Beast main. Matt Nass did not. Um, but that this is one of the strategies, in my opinion, that survives the green ban. Yeah. Because even when I was trying to pl- practice this deck for Mythic Championship 6, I put Once Upon a Time in there thinking, like, oh, it should be in this deck. But it's not that good in the deck because the, the, the deck itself is so mana intense without Nyssa that you never really have a good opportunity to actually cast one. Plus, when you have Edgewall, Edkeeper, and Falmar Knight in your deck, you even Vraska, you're drawing so many extra cards per turn, Rankle included, that you'll eventually draw into these once upon a time that you have no time to cast because yeah. all of your cards themselves are kind of underpowered. They're just part of an engine that never runs out. Yeah. So you don't want you lose so much tempo with a card like Once Upon a Time in Golgari Adventures, which is why it doesn't even care about that ban. And I, I was love... telling you about that for so long, Brad, that you should not have that, and you were just always like, "Nope, Innkeeper, Once Upon a Time, you're wrong. Let's go." I love spending five mana to draw a card. Once Upon a Time into Falmire Knight. Anyone? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Corey. I'll bring up all the times you were wrong. Should we? Should we? What year should we start with? Let's go back to oh nine, where I. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning when you were born, <laughs> where yeah. you registered Jeskai Control when we were playing the deck that Louise sixteen owed with. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll give you that one. I'll give yeah. you that one. If you can just give me the the glory bringer scarab god argument, I you can have all of them. Oh, don't even bring. Oh my god. <laughs> so we do not want to. We don't want to open up that can of worms. I agree. We we became less friends at the end of that argument. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> let's let's uh let's let's get back. I I want to say that um so when it, when it was like I wrote an article before the bands, just kind of a, a like what I think is going to happen and what I think is going to come from it. And I, I mentioned that uh, w- in regards to Golgari, I, that I felt like, yes, it doesn't use Once Upon a Time that well, and Veil of Summer is very good against the deck. So those are two advantage. Like, if Veil gets banned, um, then that's a, that's a huge, actually a buff for this deck, even though this deck would play Veil itself uh, because of how good it is against this deck. But the other thing is that I felt like Golgari Adventures is kind of not a strong deck in an open field because it's just kind of a grindy strategy, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like. I don't know if I, I don't know if the, I'm explaining myself no, super I, well. I, I, I can take this over and and explain it well. Okay, go for it. All right, so Golgari Adventures is uh, an underpowered strategy that 
uses a lot of redundancy and card advantage to beat whatever it's targeting. Yes. But in an open format, you you need specific things you're drawing into. Like your engine is good, but you have to be using it to draw into specific things that facilitate your strategy in a given matchup. Yeah. And because the format's so wide right now, it's not going to have a density of cards to draw into. Like you need enough of an effect to hit and to kind of just like kind of uh you know surgically take dismantle a strategy because yeah. you're not going to beat them with power very rarely like some of the best golgari games you'll have are when you actually just draw two love stark beasts and a rankle and you beat them down but that doesn't happen that often most of the time you play out 14 15 turns so your opponent has gotten an opportunity to do what they should do yep and yep. you're not gonna and in this format you know it's very enchantment artifact based so you need a bunch of answers to whatever your opponents are doing. And this is just not the archetype that's going to want to play that game in an open format. Yeah. So and I, that, I've, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. I've loved the deck too, but I mean, like, honestly, the Jeskai fires match is pretty weak as well. And that is going to be a huge week one deck. You just get destroyed by a team of reclamation. I, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Also the Jun sacrifice deck. I, I think annihilates. Oh yeah. It annihilates, annihilates it. this deck. Mayhem well, Devil fun, the funnily enough, I just saw on Facebook that Brian Gottlieb just beat uh Matt Nass in that matchup to to move on to the next uh next match. <laughs> yeah, I, I played against the Golgari Adventure deck a couple times um with the Jun deck and I, I never felt like it was even like close really. Now I I, I do want to say one thing is that out of out of these three decks, I actually really like uh trios version of the deck the most because i do think that vivian plus questing beast is really really good right now yeah so. yes i yeah. agree i i i you just the deck needs to be powerful mm-hmm. yeah i i think that those two cards uh, you know i think that there's there's a green deck that's using those two cards that's 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 good out there somewhere that maybe maybe this is you know it or something but. yeah all right shall I we check like the next one all right, so now we're going to get to us, uh, uh, Austin. What about this Gruel Midrange deck? Did I miss? Oh, I did miss one. Okay. Yeah, the thing I don't like about this Gruel Midrange deck is it is a 57-card deck and a 13-card sideboard. But other than that, it's probably all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. also also this deck is just straight up uh, our, our deck for our Gruel Adventure deck. Yeah. Um, just having to add cards. Oh my God, it looks so random. Yeah. But having to add cards because you don't get once upon a time. And I think this is the one deck that losing once upon a time was the, the biggest downfall. Huge. Because Gruel really depended on having a good curve out draw. And if it didn't, it lost. I actually think there's another deck that had a slightly harder break from it. And that's green, white. Celestia oh, Adventures. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Poor, but- poor innkeeper. Just hanging on to green, black for dear life. Yeah, all right, so let's move on to uh, uh, Perks Alert, yep. um, blue-red deck. Now, this is kind of like Simic Flash, but it's is it, And it's playing just a lot of cheap spells um, backed up by Gadwick. And I actually kind of like this idea of, like, playing this tempo game, you, you, you have to slow down against them so you don't run into everything, and then they can just Gadwick and refuel. Yep. Yeah, so and this so is the, Austin Bursevich, yep. yeah. The, so this deck existed before in last format. Um a lot of people were playing it on MTG Arena. I, I got paired against it a lot, but it was a little bit too underpowered when it's like, you know, you do your like interacting thing and then you play a Gadwick 
but they have Veil of Summer to counter your like counter spells and Brazen Borrowers, and then they also have Hydroid Crisis as yeah. well, and and so forth. So I, I thought this deck was was like a, a powerful strategy, but just not quite good enough. And now that those decks like don't exist or don't have the tools anymore, this could this could easily be a really strong deck. I think it's the better flash deck too compared to blue green. I just think red uh, with Bone Crusher Giant and just like Ionize is really really good. And you get solid removal spells like Lava Coil on the board. I just think this is the better Flash deck. Well, Bo- Bone Crusher Giant, like, it's so fun. there's so many things about Throne of Eldraine that you can argue about that are just kind of absurd. But, like, Bone Crusher Giant on just base rate is just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe it. Like, you could just, you, you play a two drop and they're like, Bone Crusher and untap cast this. I didn't exhaust a spell. Like, I just spent two turns, two early turns worth of mana to cast this one thing, but I'd already killed one of your things, and I have a 4-3 in play. Yeah, That's just, the the card's just disturbingly good. Yeah, it sounds like you have a bone to pick with that card. I do have a bone (laughs) to pick with it. And one thing that's also just really messed up about this deck, I I actually tested Austin Bercevich's first matchup. (laughs) We, We played it on stream earlier today, and he is going to win his first round. It's just a beating. But anyways, what, one thing... What's he play against? Uh, a Jeskai Fires list that is, like, not playing the Cavalier stuff, and it's not playing... Or it is playing the Cavaliers, but not no Fae of Wishes or whatever. I just got annihilated 2-0-2-0 in the two matches, like, uh, immediately. Sure. Um, but one thing I do want to say that I really love as far as the interactions of this deck is Brinebroth Cutthroat with Brazen Borrower. Just, like, bouncing something and playing the other half of Brazen Borrower, getting two tokens, is so disgusting. Two counters, yeah. Yeah, really good. So I'm a fan of this deck. All right, so then... Uh, I, I am, too. This is one of the <laughs> decks I'm going to definitely have to be testing for Mythic Championship 7, understanding. Um, the next deck, I can't believe that is it Phoenix got <laughs> day two, but holy hell. Hey, I mean, Crackling Drake is not a Crackling Elk anymore. That's a huge thing. Yeah, I still just I would be shocked if this is a, a a viable strategy. Yeah, I guess I guess we're banning everything in the format, so maybe it now has gotten better. But I mean, I saw a number of people playing this, and yeah, I also would be surprised if this is a viable deck. But who Same. knows? Same. Yeah, yeah, I I got not much to say, nor nor much love. Like maybe if maybe if the finale of Promise was playable, but. You know, thrill possibility being instant and not having charter course anymore means that like the deck doesn't have any like whammy. You know, like like the finale of promise was this deck's whammy that actually made it feel like a competing strategy. Yeah. But now without that, you just have to kind of nickel and dime them or just pray that your crackling Drake lives through the turn. Yeah. And these are just things that I don't think are good enough in standard or hope for the arc light phoenix draw but that is so inconsistent like you need to get back two to feel like you're doing something powerful if you just get back one on turn four it's like yeah cool man you got a three two yeah it's it to me it's just it's just not powerful enough now yeah. now we've got a big old glut of jeskai fires and jun sacrifice mm-hmm. um i just want to skip over these i do think that jeskai fires is one of the most powerful decks in the format but i'm gonna have to do a lot of testing to figure out which version's better or not like, I don't know if these quad Fae of Wishes builds, even if they're Cavalier-based, are better than what Zvi's doing without it. Like, I honestly don't know what's better. I, I, w- I don't know either, but I, I really <clears throat> have not been impressed with the Fae of Wishes uh, package with, with uh, Fires of Invention. I, I think it's actually very unimpressive. Yeah. So I, I, lend, I tend to 
lean towards these build being way Honestly, better. do you know what's the thing that I like the most about it? What's up? Just just having a two drop against aggressive decks. That, See, yeah, that's the point. I, I I'm not saying make. that's worth being in the deck, but that's yeah, what was just, best you, for me. You can just play Bone Crusher Giants or, or you know whatever <laughs> yeah. instead. Like you don't, you know. The one thing that I want to touch on about this deck is if that is it flash deck becomes a lot more powerful. Fay of Wishes is one hell of a card against them. Just the body, just the one four body is so hard for them to kill, and you don't want to bounce it. You know, so like if if that is it flash deck becomes a lot more powerful, I would see Jeskai fires pivot to the Fey version. But I I agree with you. Other than that, every other matchup it doesn't seem great. I mean, it doesn't really block the Brineborn guy that well. <coughs> yeah, or Bone but Crusher. It, it or once you have a Gladwig in play, it doesn't block at all. Yep. Yeah. 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 Maybe it blows. Who knows? All right. Well, you did say that you lost every game, so. <laughs> oh, but I didn't have the Fey wishes side. You know. Oh, okay. I was playing the Cavalier version, and I could not possibly win. All right, and the next two lists are from Brian Gottlieb and Yamakiller playing Jun Sacrifice. Pretty similar to your list, BBD. The only difference is like a little bit of top end on the Planeswalkers, but I think we can skip that one. Uh, I mean, I'll mention a couple of things. I also played the Planeswalkers. I don't know if you knew that, but... Oh, sure, um, sure, sure. I yeah, guess so different than the top list that we talked about the, earlier. Yeah, yeah, different than the top list. I So I played like... I played uh, one Garrick and one Liliana, and Liliana was just so much better than Garrick was in this okay. particular deck. And um, the other thing is I did not play Corvold, which a lot of people kept asking me about that. Uh, but I, I didn't find it to be very good because it's just more of the same. of like It's just more like grindy card advantage, but it costs five mana instead of like you know two mana like some of the other cards do. See, I thought that card was messed up. I would have played that for sure. I mean, just playing that and being able, and just having Cat and Oven, you draw three cards, you know? I, I thought that was better than Midnight Reaper, in my opinion. Well, Midnight Reaper costs three mana. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, with Trail of Crumbs and stuff, like, you're doing, you have so much to do on your early turn. I love just having one of these giant bodies to uh, get down. But, like, <sighs> the thing is, is that it just occupies the same role as every other card in your deck. Like, sure. it's not doing something unique that your deck can offer, and the other cards that do, like... You're saying, like, okay, you spend five mana and you draw three cards, but you can draw three cards without spending five mana. You know, you can also spend your five mana in so many different ways to draw three cards. I'll, you I'll, just, I'll disagree with you. I mean, it does do something unique. It's a close, it, it's a finisher. It's a flyer where yeah, up against these other cat decks, like, getting through damage is actually tough without actually ovening, you know? So I think it is a way to just close out a game immediately. Don't, doesn't Mayhem Devil kind of snowball one player in, into the advantage in the mirror? Yeah, like, I, I played a mirror and my opponent had Corvolts and I did not, and I just annihilated them. I mean, yeah. I, I had Murderous Riders, I sided in Noxious Grasp, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I understand what you're saying, but... Yeah, I, I just I I strongly disagree. I don't think the card's very good. Yeah, and I'll, I mean I'll defer to you. I did not test the deck consistently like I'm sure you did. Um, I in my oh, limited, I oh I didn't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> well, in my limited testing, I really enjoyed the card. Um, but yeah, I obviously could have been wrong. Who but knows? also, also like, like we're arguing different things. Like also, also, Corey, you're streaming, so like, Corvold is the perfect card to throw in your deck in a stream. Yeah. Because when it comes up, it's going to do some powerful shit. Yeah. So did my internet connection, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to the next deck here. We got Mono Black Sacrifice. Um, you know, I mean, this is a deck that we were talking about that was having 
that is going to have a resurgence without Veil being gone. And, I mean, I like some of the cards in here, but there are some stinkers in this deck. Like Yarox Fenlurker? What do you guys think of that one? Yeah, not, I'm not a huge fan of that card. Not a huge fan of Orzhov Enforcer either. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of tend to think that the mono black version is, is a little weaker than playing multiple colors. But, once again, it's just another deck that really is going to benefit from and abuse Castle Lockthwain. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, Jeff Hooglin had a list that I really liked. Um, wasn't too much different than this, but it really um, just seemed like a, a cleaner list. But eh, they 5-1, so they must have did something right. I, I mean, the major benefit of playing Mono Black is you get Ayara first of Lockthwain, and that card is actually <laughs> really good. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's a huge call to, to the Mono Black version over other decks, but ultimately I think it's probably a little bit lower power level. Yeah, Ayara and Cat just does so much damage. It's unreal. All right, so next deck, we got Mono Blue Tempo. That's an interesting one to come back from the dead. Yeah, this deck looks a lot like uh, the blue-red version that uh, Perks Alert was playing, but yeah. I think, uh, you know, you have, you, have, you have less power by being Mono Blue. Yeah. But... The power, like, the bulk of the power in the other deck was all the blue cards, so, you know. Yeah. This deck just reminds me of Todd Anderson's mono blue deck. Mm-hmm. And then it, and it reminds me of the time that that he played against Seth in, <laughs> in what what is it called? E-League? E-League, yeah. And Seth Manfield literally only played a Growth Spiral and... Uh, Arboreal uh, Grazer. Arboreal Grazer and flooded out and never drew another spell and won easily. Yeah. Oh, Seth, no. Seth Seth cast two spells the entire game and easily won. <laughs> oh my god, impressive. Yeah, feel yeah, the dead, baby. This deck does just seem like a downgrade from blue-red. Like, playing Hypnotic Sprite instead of, you know, Bone Crusher Giant just feels really bad. It's just, hard to, it's just hard to argue with not playing an enemy color combination as opposed to a one-color deck, in my opinion, right now. Yeah. Yeah, oh like, even, even the Scryland... Like it's just it's just nice to have a Scryland in your deck. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, if you had Tempest Jin, I could totally see it. You need something like that power level that would force you into these mono colored decks. Otherwise, like just just play the good cards, and the mana base is good enough in blue red. I also want to talk about Castle Vantress, which is on a very similar power level to Castle Lockthwain as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not sure which of the two castles is better, but. They are both incredibly good, and a lot of these decks are, are like, leaning heavily on Castle Vantress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're ever in just, like, a grindy stalemate stalemate matchup at all, like, whoever has the castle wins 90% of the time. I mean, Jeskai Fires is also a deck that, that heavily leans on Castle Vantress to smooth its draws out, too. So. Oh, yeah. Anything with Fires having access to just any mana seek, essentially, but Castle Vantress is definitely the best sink in those type of decks. All right, we'll move on here. Uh, looks like we got another mono red aggro. Um, nothing really special about this, except main deck Legion War Boss uh, as the only real difference. Well, there's from... something very special about this. Yeah, the player, the player. Yes. Yeah, Matignon. Oh, Guillaume Matignon. Yeah. What Guillaume not playing control? Well, I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Well, BBD, I guess you're right. Do not play control if Guillaume Matignon is playing mono red. To be fair, I think Matignon, uh I mean he he's just he's just an incredible player and very good at, at deck selection and 
Um, I don't, I, I, you know, if I sat down across from him at a tournament, I would never just assume he's playing control. And I think really? he's some, yeah, no, like he's not like Wafo Tapa where he always plays control. And I think in a lot of early stages of formats, which this is kind of an early stage of a new format effectively, um, he, he, he won't play control until he knows how to build his control deck to uh, exploit the metagame. Sure. And honestly, I'll admit something right now. I kind of, for some reason, thought we were talking about uh, Waffa Taffa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of felt the same way, too, when you were saying that. Yeah. I, thought, I was like, maybe he's he's. Uh, yeah, up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scratch that one, John. <laughs> Don't. Leave it in there. Leave it in there. All right, all right. Then we got Lee C. Chien playing Mono White Agro. Whoa, flashback. Flashback. Yeah. Now, th- this is a person that always plays the 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 hyper aggressive beatdown. I kind of like it from him. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that's pretty hilarious in this list is four of the heraldic uh, banner, the three mana artifact creatures you control of the color, get plus one plus Oh, out of mana. Whoa. <laughs> oh, I've liked it in these decks. I've seen it before. It's you it's, have. Yeah. Th- these decks were around for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, the sideboard is uh, is interesting. I think pre- the sideboard is just like a booster pack that just is heavily favored in white. <laughs> I, I actually think that this deck couldn't really exist without Heraldic Banner because you're just playing a bunch of really garbagey creatures. And I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that oh, in a no, rude way. Yeah, like, look yeah, at how I mean, bad these creatures are. Yeah. And like, Venerated Loxodon is not enough by itself. And and Banner also allows you to activate Castle Ardenbill way more often too. So yeah. I, I don't think this deck would be playable without card like Heraldic Banner. Like I think Banner is a way worse effect than a lot of the other ones that we've had in the past. You know, Banalish Marshall or even just straight up Glorious Anthem. But <laughs> you got to make do with what you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely just looks like a very downgraded mono white deck that we saw with the history Banalia things. But you know what, Loxodon is one hell of a magic card. Uh, so there's four Hushbringers on the sideboard. What what deck is that? Um, <laughs> uh, Cavaliers, Cavalier of Flames. They all just get shut down. They do still deal. They are still. And they real... also get swept. Yeah, they don't get the. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I mean, I guess cat, right? Cat combo. Cat combo. Cat food. Oh sure. Yeah, it it yeah, does yeah. it does a little bit shut that down, but um I guess uh but Mayhem Mayhem Devil can still just kill Hushbringer really easily. Yeah, Mayhem Devil beats yeah. Hushbringer. Um yeah, I don't know. Also try to find fifteen cards to put in a sideboard of a mono white deck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he just played this card for the sex appeal of the art. Cause that art is just seducing. I mean Hushbringer's probably <laughs> something you board in to compete with like any adventure deck, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's but it also yeah, it shuts down it, your it shuts down your own Loxodons. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it's not like there aren't options. Like that, you could play more than one copy of Devout Decree or more than one Disenchant. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh no, I'm, 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 I'm curious the logic on four. I'm not saying it's wrong by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm just I'm interested in why there's four Hushbringers on the board. So yeah, yeah, I have oh. no idea. All right, we'll move on here, and we are going to go to a Rakdos aggro deck, very similar to the Willie Edel list by Loan Goifer, except uh, this person uh, took your advice there, Brad, and played Spawn of Mayhem instead Hell of yeah. instead of the the whoop wait Monty Python Knight. Is that what it was portrayed? I'm cool with that name. We can rename it to Monty Python Knight. Sweet, sweet. But other than that, same kind of stuff. 
uh, play some ley line in the in the sideboard because I mean, basically everybody was anticipating that the cat food decks were just going to be everywhere, so that makes sense. Yeah, I played ley lines on my board as well, and they were like really insane when I played the mirror. Were they? Yeah, I mean, my opponent just had a um, midnight reaper, and it just didn't do anything. Okay. And then there's a deck that is called something else. It's called Rakdos Knights, but it's the exact same thing as this deck we just talked about. Yeah, maybe so. conventions aren't always perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then some Rakdos Sacrifice stuff. Basically the mono black deck um, by Tiago Saparito. And... Well, we don't, it's not mono. It's not like that. These, these decks are literal just ported over from last format yeah this deck is actually like all the different sacrifice decks are kind of in, different in their own ways like the the jund one is the most grindy of them yeah. uh you know it's using trail of crumbs and Vraska to grind advantages out sometimes uh liliana's and stuff like that the mono black one is the most like i don't know what the word is like dr- I, I don't know the the mono black one is consistent dr- yeah, I mean, they're all kind of fairly consistent, I think. But the the mono black one just has, I don't know, it's kind of a midpoint between grind and uh, aggressive. Yeah. And then this one's like the most aggressive one. And this one's more kind of get you, right? Like Claim the Firstborn is a really high variance card, but it is very punishing if you have the right subset of draws where you have oven and they actually have like a good target for it. But then it can just be unplayably bad if you play it against, you know, like Cavalier, Jeskai, Fires, or whatever. Yeah, I think that the, the, this deck is by far the most aggressive of the mix. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it has, it has the claim of the Firstborns. Ranky-poo. Um, yeah, Rankle. It's also playing the Mayhem Devil. Mayhem Devils has got Gutter Bones and the like, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll move on to the next one, and this one is by Christian Calcano, the only Simic Flash deck that made day two here. Um, and I mean, you know, this one's pretty stock. Still, the Night Pack, Ambusher, a bunch of counters. What do you mean spells. this is stock? He's shaking my world with Nissa in the main deck. Yeah, that's true. A little stock with a little bit of power. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about this deck? This, I just don't think I ever want to register Quench in my deck, but. Hey, there's a lot of Quench decks. The, 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 the blue red deck plays Quench, too. Mm. <laughs> all right that's I mean, fair you got, yeah you got you got to do what you got to do and like if people are forced to play like you're kind of forced to play your these you know your your spells um playing against these flash strategies like brazen borrower and brian born strategies and quench kind of like punishes that yeah so i i get i get why you have quench and if people are still going to play cards <laughs> like uh reclamation or fires then cards like quench are going to be good yeah, wow. quench quench is a horrific magic card in terms of like power level, but sometimes it's the it's what you have to play to bridge the gap for your other cards. So. I also just love his idea of it's like okay, you're gonna not play, you're gonna play around my quench card. I'm gonna nissa you. Yeah, so Calcano said that he took this list from uh, somebody who played it at the last Pro Tour. Um, but I I just want to say that I really like the idea of Nissa in this deck a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because you just you play this flash game and you play this flash game and your opponents like scared to deploy their cards or you're shutting them down from deploying their cards. And it's it's kind of around like turn five is when like finally they may start resolving a spell. But if you just slam a Nissa, um, your Nissa is probably going to survive. And also, like, if you have the breeding pool, you can yes. then also still quench or grow spiral or or negate you know, grindborn or mystical you know, dispute. 
yeah, any raise of these it. Yeah, any yeah. of the cards. So yeah. No, I do like that. I really just just untapping even one island and having Mystical Dispute as a counter backup against the matchups where you bring it in against seems pretty sweet. So I do like that addition. Well, I also love that you can just board Nissa out in matchups you don't want it. I don't know what those matchups are. I'm just <laughs> I'm spitballing how this deck was played. Love but, it. But like I, I do like the idea that like Nissa is part of your game one plan and it doesn't have to be part of your game two plan. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this next deck, you guys, this is by far my favorite deck. I, I have been just annihilating with this. I, I copied the list from Joel Larson. He played something very similar, but um, a, a few key differences. But I just think this deck is unbelievably good, oh, and it plays shit. out a lot better than You're talking looks. about Travis Civic Ram Quasi Duplicate deck? Yes, it's so Dude, good. I forgot. Like, of course, like, Duress got unbanned in the bands, but so did Leaf Kindred. Yeah, you could you can play Wicked Wolf targets again. Well, this co- yes. I, I lost to this deck at the Lost Pro Tour. What Did really? You? Yeah, I, I lost to um, I lost to Simon Nielsen who was playing this. He said he lost to you, Corey. Oh yeah, I smashed him. Yeah, but he didn't. He he got he he didn't. I, I apparently you had like nut draws and stuff or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, Nothing. semantics. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I played against Simon Nielsen. I lost to him, and he was playing this deck, and he yeah. just um. Apparently he was crushing uh, Simic all day, or he was crushing Soltai all day with it. But. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, he was playing stuff like Enray's whatever, the yeah. giant green creature, because you just kind of had to play stuff like that. But now you get to get back to mass manipulation and agent because Veil is gone. Like those are those cards were really put behind bars, and I, I mean, I I think I think Risen Reef got a lot better and these uh take your cards uh, effects got a lot stronger post ban so i'm a fan this is my favorite deck i absolutely loved it i also loved pascal maynard's five color nimizit deck but i don't really think that deck's that good <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun let me tell you well yeah that that kind of that that gets us caught up for for all of this i mean yeah now looking through here i i will say that the winners so decks that, that i'm there's actually one deck we didn't talk about, the Golgari Sacrifice deck. Yeah, this is a canister brew. It, it has it has feasting troll king in it. Yeah, this is a oh, this is okay. a canister brew, just trying to uh, take advantage of feasting troll king and just try to still be the Coldron familiar witch's oven kind of deck, but just also be the green black adventures deck. I mean, it seems like a good home for Wicked Wolf, and I still think that card. People are not really playing around it anymore because they're like, oh, this deck's dead, but, you know, there's still going to be more shells for it. I've been playing Wicked Wolf, actually, and I, I think it's still pretty good. Not even in this Jund deck, just in other decks. Well, how dare you? <coughs> I dare. That is interesting. Well, BBD, that's why you're not having fun with Standard. You're still playing the old cards, man. You got to venture out. Well, I, when I said I wasn't having fun with Standard, I was talking about last format, so. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I do kind of like any deck that can play Castle Garen Briggs. <laughs> yeah, holy crap, how good is that card in uh, Modern Devotion? I was doing some nasty... Or, uh, Pioneer. Uh, Pioneer, yeah. I was doing some nasty things to people with that deck. Yeah, that was fun. But was no, fun. I, 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 def- I can see that being good. I mean, my takeaways from looking through all of these um, deck lists is that even though actually now looking at them before this tournament i was pretty excited to work on Golgar adventure but now i'm not me neither yeah um i definitely think that it's just underpowered compared to the rest of the format and and the points that you were trying to make brian are just sound and um 
I, I do think that these Brazen Bower flash decks have are, are some of the biggest winners um, with the bands because Vale just just shut them down. Every deck played Vale, and it was so good against them. Yep. Um, but Jeskai Fire still seems powerful. It kind of feels like the deck that once we learn more against it, it's it's like the Jund power deck right now. But I do think it'll get worse as as time goes on. Yeah, I agree. I I, I don't know. Like I've been racking my brain. Like how like. I think the planeswalker versions of of Jeskai Fires are really easy to beat, and we've we've learned how to beat those decks already because those existed in the previous format in in bulk. But uh, I'm not sure exactly what's the play against the Cavalier decks because oh, they're. I, I I know what it is. What is it? It's complain on social media until they ban it. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah well, how did I miss it? that? It's so obvious. I, I have no idea how you missed that, Brian. Was, you're slipping. It's staring me in, in the face the whole time. <laughs> no, literally, it's staring me in the face the whole time. I spent all my day on Twitter.com, and it sucks. Wow. Well, that's that's why that's why you're sad. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm dead inside. I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> you got to so, switch to Instagram, dog. There's just pretty pictures on there, so I'm told. Yeah, or you just mute everyone until your feed is just awesome. Yeah, yeah my feed is yeah. now just all football. I, I, yeah. I, I, Hell I yeah. muted almost every Magic player because I it's just too much for Speaking me. Speaking of which, we mm-hmm. have to test for the next Mythic, but then we get to go to a football game to celebrate, don't we? We do. You guys do are going to a tickets? Seahawks game? <laughs> we are. We're going to Seahawks-Vikings, yeah. Oh. And you got the tickets, Brian? What was that? You got the tickets, right? I, I'm sorry, you're breaking up. Did you get our tickets? I can't hear you. Brian, did you buy our tickets? All right, well, that's all the time we have for the Bash Bros podcast for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Hey, thanks for inviting me on as a special guest. Uh, You know, I, 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 you know, haven't heard you guys in a couple weeks. Thought maybe the podcast had died, but I'm glad to hear that. It's just me who has died. Well, CBD, guess what? You're not going to be hearing from this podcast again if you didn't get those damn tickets. Yeah. (laughs) Not familiar with what you guys are talking about, but. uh... (laughs) All right. Well, no, thank you, everyone. Um, Next week, we're probably going to be going even deeper into standard. Our episode might come out a day later because, again, we have to register for the Mythic Championship. So I think that we're going to show crazy. I know. So, so crazy. I, th- I think we're going to shoot for recording it next Thursday, coming out next Friday, um, so that we don't record on literally the last day we have to register. That day's always a little hectic. Yeah. And so um, we're definitely going to be spending the next week testing for the next Mythic Championship. So we will be very versed in the standard format come next week. Yeah. And maybe we can get Brian Kibler in here as well, finally. Oh, yeah. we. I would like an attractive Brian. <laughs> oh! Did you dang. get those tickets? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know at all what you're talking about. All right, Brad, Brad before we go, you got to tell the people about our new Patreon update. Do, are we? Uh, is it up yet? I don't think it's launched yet. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I think we we're don't still. Have too- a, we don't have a new update yet. Uh, yeah, we we don't know what we're doing yet. Sorry, I set you up for failure. I thought. Yeah, I thought you, you do knew all more the time. I'm it. used to it though. But yeah. I will say that you can find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Also, Brian, thank you so much for being the special guest this week. Where could your our our audience find you if they want more Brian in their life? Well, we know we Facebook. can't find him at the Seattle Seahawks game. you can find me in the basement and nowhere else because i never leave uh you can also find me at magic.tcgplayer.com weekly articles on fridays 
And uh, I was going to say twitch.tv, but no. No, you can't. No, you don't stream anymore. Yep. Come back, BBD. <laughs> I miss the anus jokes and the anus puns. You want to see the anus? <laughs> Please, that's that's for our high-level Patreon. Okay. Yes, yeah. that that is that. All right, that is it for it. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And thank you so much for editing this shit show. Jonathan, uh, hopefully everything comes out right, but we'll be back on the Bachelors podcast next week to talk more standard. And by then we will be way more um, tested and we will have a good understanding of this format. And hopefully we'll be able to give you some awesome tools for your next event. So please find us next week, Friday for a deep dive in the standard format. We've been testing. See you next week. All right.